is December 30th, getting warmer and warmer in New York City as the week wears on and the year runs out. And this is the Popular Cast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, getting ready to face the day uh, as a couple hours of the day have already gone by. So, what's the news today? On the front of the paper, we have uh, the death of Pele. Uh, some amazing Pele highlights going around the internet yesterday. He could really kick a soccer ball very, very hard. At the conclusion of breathtaking feats of skill, definitely. But there was something about the way that at the very end of these highlights, he would just rear back and blast it. For a vulgar American watching soccer, uh, part of what defines the sport is how hard it seems to be to get a good clean shot off after all the chasing and fainting and juggling and dodging. And the incredible thing about the Pele highlights really is how clean it is in the end and what incredibly direct shots he delivered after all that. You can't say he made it look easy because there's all the other guys on the field not doing it. But he made it look easy for him. And that was astonishing. Then there's Rural America is Battleground for Green Energy. Uh, it starts with an anecdote about a zoning meeting in Illinois um, and talks about how while policymakers may set lofty goals, the future of the American power grid is in fact being determined in town halls, county courthouses, and community buildings across the country. What's odd is that the setup about um, how these farmers and uh, rural community members are digging in against uh, the rise of, of wind and other power projects, um, that, that comes at the beginning, and then you have to get down to the 18th paragraph, uh, where it says, much of that skepticism appeared to be earnest concern from community members who weren't sold on the project's overall merits. On the fringe of the debate, however, was a digital misinformation campaign designed to distort the facts about wind energy. The website of a group called Save Piet County, which opposes the project, is rife with fallacies about renewable energy and inaccuracies about climate science. On Facebook pages, residents opposed to the project shared negative stories about wind power following a playbook that has been honed in recent years by anti-wind activists, some of whom have ties to the fossil fuel industry. The organizers of the website and Facebook groups did not reply to requests for comment. That's a pretty weird way to set up the story of how fossil fuel astroturfing has been deployed across the country to try to slow the installation of wind energy. Wind energy. Um, it seems like that would go nearer the top as you're talking about these dynamics. Anyway. And then we have Makeover Around Penn Station Hinges on Meaning of Blighted, which is a story about how Kathy Hochul has likened the area around Penn Station to a Skid Row neighborhood, um, defending the controversial plan to allow developers to build 10 towers around the decrepit train station, the busiest transit hub in the nation, in exchange for some of the $7 billion the state needs to renovate it. The idea is they want to, to declare it blighted and then be able to seize the property and help developers build the towers. Uh, but it's pretty striking construction to say the decrepit train station, the busiest transit hub in the nation, 
And there you have the ongoing story of Penn Station and people's efforts to make it into something different. The biggest change in Penn Station has been the opening of the Moynihan Train Hall, whose defining features are that it is on the far side of 8th Avenue, where no one wants to be, and that it is a cavernous space with nowhere to sit because they want to chase off the homeless, and giant ad boards shining down on the passengers instead of giant departure boards telling them where to go. Penn Station could be much nicer and easier to use. The neighborhood around Penn Station could be nicer as well. But this attack on it for being congested and chaotic seems to be always driven by people who don't have a good idea of how to turn that congestion and chaos, which is a basic function of having a, an active transit hub, into something more appealing while also being useful. This project is driven by the desire to erect these 10 towers. Uh, the towers are going to be principally office space. New York right now is struggling with the fact that there's more office space than it needs because people started working remote during the pandemic and don't want to go back to the office. So a redevelopment around the idea of building a huge amount of office space in the middle of the city just seems not to have considered the very basic question of how any of this is supposed to work. It's like, if something's shiny, it must be better, even if functionally it's incredibly dumb. That's today. We'll talk again soon. Have a wonderful day.